He goes, hello, my name is Lupo. It means wolf. <laughs> so, my next door neighbor. <laughs> Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Shramko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster, and get high performance results in your business. Welcome back to Think, Act, Get. Ezra Firestone here along with my partner, James Shramko. James, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Almost as well as Think, Act, Get is doing in iTunes right now. I've got to say I'm absolutely thankful to our listeners for making Think, Act, Get have an impact. Tell us about what's happening out there on iTunes. Man, it's crazy. We're in the new and noteworthy section. We're number three in Australia in the health section. We're number nine in the US in the health section. We've just moved over to business and marketing. The response we're getting from people is unbelievable. So I too am really thankful that that people are listening in and enjoying it and and interacting with us. Um, I'm really blown away by it. Didn't expect this kind of, uh, this sort of level of excitement. I was pretty excited when we bumped out Oprah in the health section. (laughs) So we've moved over to the business section because we keep gravitating back to business. And in the context of our show, which is about mindset, behavior, and results, it seems that a lot of these things are causing the success that we're having in our business. And hopefully we can inspire other people to have success in their life. It doesn't have to be just business. But I guess a lot of us spend um, the majority of our waking hours thinking about uh, doing things or living a life or, or working. And if we can maximize that result for someone, then that's job well done. So listener, if you like Think, Act, Get, please share it with your friends. Go and make a comment in iTunes and let's buckle down for this episode. What are we covering today, Ezra? Today we're covering overwhelm. And I just want to acknowledge really quickly what you said, which is that this stuff is applicable to every part of your life and and results that you get in your personal life in your relationships in your business life they tend to be similar and it's all and that's what think act get is about it's about applying this mindset stuff to your business life specifically but also to the rest of your life so today our topic is overwhelm and we're looking at how is it manifesting in your business and in your life how is it affecting your life overwhelm is a common thing that most entrepreneurs face we take on too much and then we feel overwhelmed by it and it's something that we can control if we're paying attention to how many cycles we have going on at one time hey that's interesting you use the word cycles Could you develop that for me? Because I I thought that was an interesting choice. Sure, sure. So that's how I look at things in my business and in my life also is how many cycles do I have going at one time? And what I mean by a cycle is sort of uh, akin to a project or a thing that I'm doing. And and I like the word cycle because everything has a cycle, a start, a middle, and a finish. And there's a whole cycle to it. And I like to have attention on how many cycles do I have going at once and where am I in the process of those cycles? And when I get uh, disorganized and, and or sorry, unorganized and out of control, that's when I feel overwhelmed, when I have too many cycles going, when I don't know where I am in the cycles that I have going, when I don't have checklists and processes. So that's what I mean by cycles. Nice. I probably would traditionally refer to those as the projects. But then if you have that analogy of spinning too many plates, so those things are going round and round. And if we want to break things back down to the core atoms, it's something vibrating back and forth. So it's actually moving and dynamic, which if we understand change 
and accept change, we, you know, I love this idea of cycles, life cycle, we have product life cycles, we have human life cycles. So that makes sense. Great point. So what's, what's causing overwhelm in your life lately, Ezra? Well, what, you know, just to go back to the theme, this has come up in every show, I think, because it was a really big event for us, was this conference that we went to, you know, and even at the conference, I experienced overwhelm. You and I had a date to actually record a podcast that we didn't get around to because I was overwhelmed. There were certain cycles I could have done, like recording video testimonials or creating video content for my blog or these other things that I wasn't able to accomplish because I was overwhelmed. And and the reason I was overwhelmed was because I didn't mock up. And what mock-up means is think ahead. I didn't think ahead about the experience I was going to be having at this conference as a speaker. And so I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know to expect to be barraged during the, the breaks and not have time. And so I think one of the ways to combat overwhelm is to do your very best to think about what you're going to be facing before you actually get into it so you know what to expect and you can plan ahead before you start. You know, I'm thinking about uh, one of our previous episodes where my plan at that event was to go in with not too much preconceived uh, idea about what I want to do there because from my previous events, I know that I'm already exhausted by the time I get there. It can take 20 hours to get there. So I need to refresh and energize. The, the big thing about events is they suck energy. When you're dealing with so many people and in your case, in my case, it's not just talking about us. I think we tend to step into the other person and Absolutely. think about things from their perspective and that is extremely energy draining. So my strategy for those things is to go in with uh, not not too much pre-planned stuff because I know that I'm at the mercy of my energy levels and I want to have the bare minimum things that I'm going to fall back on to allow me capacity to deal with new inputs which is why we're able to get up there on stage without a preconceived notion that it was possible and in the case where I saw you're a little bit fatigued after speaking which is completely normal I call that speaker's fatigue I didn't push you to do an interview because I understand I've been in that place where you are sapped yeah you were good about it and you know maybe that is a good point perhaps the next time what I'll do is completely clear my schedule so I don't have a million things planned so that when I'm out at this event I just can flow with how it goes yeah, the main thing I want to have is access to my notes on my, my phone, just that little yellow note app so that I can take notes as I go and my only commitment is then to just jot down things as I go and then I can follow stuff up later. I learned from a sales role and management that you don't always have to have an answer on the spot. There are things that you can come back to later. So just having a place to store or record those things and then having a system for when you get home to review that and then follow up, it takes a lot of the pressure off having to, to think about all that stuff on the spot. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you said system because I believe that overwhelm stems from being unorganized. You know, I've got Boom by Cindy Joseph, which is my big e-commerce uh, store play where we're importing and we're manufacturing and warehousing and we're doing, you know, press media. And I've got my network of e-commerce stores and my blog and my info products and my clients and the live event. I've got all these things. And I've found that if you document your process for everything that you're involved in and then you know what your role is in each of those projects and then you know who's playing. So what I mean is 
So document what you want to do, right? You take inventory. This is what I want to do. Here's, here's what I'm looking to accomplish. And then you plan out the action. These are the actions. This is, these are the action steps that are going to be taken. And these are the ones that I'm going to do. And these are the ones that my team is going to do. And then you work that plan. And if you've got that system up front where you know exactly where you're headed and you've documented it all and you've planned it out and you've assigned it the parts that you're not going to do to your team, then you don't get overwhelmed with a big project because you have it all laid out ahead of time and people are just following checklists. And that's something that I see by watching how you work, that you're better than just about anyone at that. Well, I read somewhere in an NLP book, and by the way, I'm not an NLP nut or fan, don't get me wrong, but I do study other ideas to just learn more about it. But I did see this concept about six plus or minus two and we have to acknowledge that there's just a limit to how much we can store in our cache or our uh, necktop computer, as Professor Hewitt Gleason talks about, that when we reach that maximum, we just can't shove any more in it. So my constant goal is to remove things from my brain to keep it free, to have that bandwidth to be able to deal with new inputs. And the best way to do that is to have systems. And I'm going to give you an example of that. When we're recording these podcasts, this is like step two. Step one is to arrange to meet and you generally create the show notes because you're the creative and and I've tasked you with that (laughs) knowing that that's not my strength. Uh, So you do the prep work, which I just love you for because it's fantastic to have an idea where we're going. We record and then what I do is I join up both sides of the conversation and edit this until such time as I train my team on this, which is in the plan. And then we have to go and find the most hilarious part of the whole show and put that in the front of the thing and put the little top and tail and then uh, produce it and sound balance it and everything. And then we load it up to the server and then the team puts it onto the site and makes bullets. Now, that's great. But the problem is, or the challenge, is that before this show, I've already recorded a podcast with another friend of mine, Tim. And before that, I recorded another podcast with a guy called Travis. And later on today, I'm recording something with a guy called Sam. So at the end of the day, I might end up with four or five podcasts that are needing processing. Now, if I need to do anything else, like go down to the bank and bank checks or go and get a haircut, yes, I do get a haircut, even though people <laughs> laugh at me, or if I want to put fuel in my car or, or pick up kids from school or something, then I'm starting to max out on the things that I can actually think about. So what I do after each podcast is I walk over to my whiteboard and I write down Think, Act, Get, Episode 4. Once I've put it there, I can let it go from my mind because I don't have to think about it anymore. I know that later when I have a few minutes and I'm ready to edit, I can walk over to the whiteboard and see what I've written down and go, oh, that's right. I spoke to Ezra six hours ago. I might edit that show now and then I can move it into the next stage of production. So having that whiteboard system allows me to clear and deplete my cache so I can reset and be ready for the next input and be fresh for whatever interaction I'm having at that time. So what you're saying is that you document your the tasks that need to get done and then let them go and move on to whatever else you're doing and then when it's time to to edit you've got all those tasks ready to go. Yeah, it's like a mental bookshelf and I imagine that I've got space for six books only. If I want to put another book on there, I've got to take one off the shelf. So I have to have a system. So the six books might be the ones I'm reading right now 
And in order to add more, I've got to take away. So I'll take one off the shelf. I might put it into a library and have a, a card system, you know. There's a novel idea. And I could actually put it into my library and know that it's there to retrieve later. And because I wrote it down on a card, I know where it is in the library and it's easy to retrieve. So then I go back to my bookshelf and I can just focus on my books, happily knowing that even if I forget the other thousand books that I've got, I can walk over to my retrieval system, look it up and go and access it within minutes. And I'll tell you what, you're known for going old school, baby. That's something that people know you for is that one of the, one of the things that you often say is old school is not any, you know, the old techniques haven't changed. They still work. They're still effective. The card system is still a badass technique. So um, I like that you get old school with it. And one thing I'd love for you to talk about is, you know, in Silver Circle, which is James's mastermind, for those of you who don't know, which I'm a member of, you, we have the one thing rule. And I love the one, one thing rule because it, it's like, it's my one big thing for that week. And I'd love to talk with you to talk about how you came up with that. Like, how did that manifest for you in your life? And how did you figure that out? Because it's been working really well for me. Well, it comes down to focus. And the, the big discovery for me is that we need to have the minimum possible things to focus on. And we always get tricked into thinking more is better, but more is not better. Less is more. And, if, you know, the more I studied about design, like I'm reading a book about Steve Jobs a year or so ago when it came out, and he was obsessed with, you know, having just one button on the iPhone. And he was really interested in design and he wanted to have the minimum possible things to get the maximum result. I think that is so elegant. And then I think about my Statue of David analogy where we, we start with all this stuff, the big block of marble, and we want to chisel it down just to find, to reveal that statue inside Having less marble but with more definition can give us something empowering versus that big chunky block of marble that means nothing. And then I've applied that to my memberships. The natural consequences, you know, if something works somewhere in my life, I'll move it to the next stage. I mean, like, I even reduced down my wardrobe down to just the best pair of black shoes that I have and the best pair of brown shoes that I have and then my favorite sneakers uh, or running shoes, you probably call them, and a pair of flip-flops and a pair of Ugg boots. For That's the, pretty much my shoe wardrobe. For the I ladies need listening? Like 50 pairs of shoes. Yeah, and disclaimer for the ladies listening, we are not suggesting that you stop shoe shopping. Not at all. I love shoes as much as the next guy, but I actually have to face the reality that I don't wear them 98% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm recording this barefoot, okay? It's like pretty out there, but I don't wear shoes the majority of my life. Like I walk around... It would only be like one day a fortnight where I'd actually have to put shoes on. Oh, no. That would just be to, to go from my car into the bank and bank a check or to get petrol. I would have to put flip-flops on just so I don't you know, get fuel on my skin. Anyway, going back to the membership, I realized that if I'm going to truly help people, it's not about giving them more stuff because that just overstimulates their brain. It speeds up the neurotransmitters like drinking diet drinks you know just like it sends it into a frenzy and then suddenly they just can't think about anything and we get that paradox of choice which i've read about in another book can't remember what it's called but too many choices we do nothing too many stimulus we do nothing so we've got to get it back to bare bones basics so i figured you know what 
every single week when the business owner is telling me that they're going to do this and they're going to do that and they're wah, 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 I think they sometimes get so caught up in the thrill of talking about all the shit that they're going to do that they end up doing nothing because they're just trying to put a 10% effort here and 5% effort there and 3% effort there. And I'm like, hang on, stop the music. Just tell me one thing. I don't care what else you do, but if you can just do that one thing, it's been a good week because at the end of a year, they're going to have achieved 50 things. You know, because we allow for Christmas, right? Yeah, you got to take a week off for, for the you holidays. Have Christmas. Come on, you got to have a day off there. But I'll tell you what, you also what also happens is that you get really good at things when you're when you're focused. Like one small thing that you've focused on and gotten really good at, you become an expert at that. Like, and I know you're talking about one task at a time, but I'm talking about focusing on just one business. Like I focused on just e-commerce for years. I forsake all other other business models, even though I had a million opportunities, and I got really good at e-commerce. And now I'm kind of widely considered an e-commerce expert. So it also has the benefit of you end up getting really good at the things that you focus solely on. And the small so things true. that you focus on tend to grow really, really big. So uh, well, I'm that's with you. It. I actually, um, you know, you can diversify too much and the same with assets and like Warren Buffett or whatever. Uh, he, he's not a big fan of putting your money in all these different things. It's about like really focusing them on somewhere where you're good. Like diversification is kind of an admission that you don't know jack about anything in particular. Uh, so I've had all these little separate business units and I keep rolling them up into single bigger units. I've turned these little uh, four and five figure businesses into six figure businesses. At one stage I had like 12 separate six figure businesses and then I thought this is a bit silly and I started rolling them up and now I've got about uh, I've got a couple of seven figure businesses and a couple of six figure businesses and I'm even trying to roll them up into just two main divisions now which is services that work without me and services that require me they're the two main silos of my business and I'm getting really good at it and they're just as you said they're flourishing and if you want to take it uh, to a nat- nature example I'll bring out the hippie in you uh, the the rose bush. Uh, if you get out there and you prune the heck out of that rose bush and you just pair it back to like you cut off all the dead buds, all the dead flowers, all the little extra branches that are never going to be anything ever, cut it all back and you're just left with the stump and that thing will grow the most amazing, beautiful, strong roses because all those nutrients, all that energy is just single focused on the next bud. It's not spread out to the dead limbs. It's not fueling this old withering flower. It's just reserving its power for that next bud. And that next bud is going to get the best that that root stump has got to give. It's so true. And, and didn't your neighbor cut down your rose bush? And I hear you he tell a story about that. <laughs> ended up being the he best did. thing I walked he out of my garden and there was just stumps where my beautiful roses were. And I'm like, oh my God, like we've been vandalized. And my oh, neighbor no. pops his head over. The fancy goes, ah, I fix your roses. I'm like, you what? Because I, I prune your roses. I'm like, what, you don't like me? Did I do something to offend you? Did I run over your cat? Did I knock over your garbage bin? He goes, no, no, they grow back strong and vibrant. They'd be amazing. You watch. And they did. They were just fantastic roses. Oh, what a lesson. I love that guy. I'd like to meet him when I'm down in Australia next. But I'll tell you, when I first met this guy, he, I moved into the house he pops his head over the, the fence and I, and I just sort of – I caught him out of the side of my eye and I, I looked – I got a bit of a shock and he goes, hello, my name is Lupo. It means wolf. 
<laughs> so my next door neighbor introduces himself as Wolf. As the Wolf. And uh, that was, it was fun from there. In fact, the people on the other side of our house were his parents. And so they were they were bear and deer? On on a, I don't know what the parents were called, but on a, they didn't speak much English. But okay. on a good night, they could be in their kitchen, and then the wolf was in his kitchen, and I'd be in the middle, and I could look at both of them and wave, and I'm like piggy in the middle. That's amazing. Hey, so let's get in to our weekly willpower wager. You up for that? Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's hop into the weekly willpower wager. So. The question for you this week is what can you create a process for? What in your business right now can you create a checklist or a system for? So find one thing in your business, one thing that you do each day and checklist it out and systemize it. It could be as, as simple as uploading your weekly video to YouTube or checking your analytic stats or whatever it might be. But at the end of this week, you'll have seven processes of things that you do in your business or in your life that you can outsource to other people. Now, you probably can't outsource your dishes. or well, actually, you could outsource dishes i i do that but but yeah, you, know, you go to a restaurant they're called and they actually they cook food and serve it up and you pay them money they take uh, care of all the other stuff it's the greatest um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so so create a process for for one thing a day and 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 document that process and have it sitting on your desktop and then at the end of the week try just having one try just outsourcing one of your one of your processes try outsourcing one of the things that you would have done yourself that someone else can do for you and then feel the freedom that comes with having let go of that one thing yeah and i'm going to chime in with a tip here this is a simple simple thing that could make a big difference if you use a computer and most of our listeners will i bet you got stuff all over the the desktop right I would suggest you create one folder on your desktop and call it something like review or later and just drag all that crap that's on your desktop into your review folder so that you've just got one folder and just the peace and comfort that will come from looking at that folder instead of all the extra mess will actually, and then scientifically uh, this has been proven, that a messy environment uses up energy and bandwidth. That should reduce your clutter and if you never look at the stuff in review ever for the rest of your life, it won't matter because it's just one folder on your desktop. But if you do want to find something, just open it up and search through it. So that's just the first step in getting a little bit less overwhelmed is just put things into a review later folder and just move it out of your line of sight. And do the same thing for your inbox. Just get rid of all that clutter in your inbox because that's just sucking up time and energy as well causes a massive amount of overwhelm. We get overstimulated from all these emails coming in. So unless you get email from Ezra or James, you can probably unsubscribe <laughs> safely. Exactly. And, and it's so true. Like the, the Zen feeling that you get when you have a clean inbox and a clean desktop or just – I'm happy to – like it makes you excited to go to the computer because it's just nice. You know, It's not like all this madness everywhere. And the way that we do it is we just document everything in Dropbox. We've got our folders for each thing. We've got our review folder, our projects folder. And so everything gets synced up to the cloud. So no matter what device we're on, we've got all of our stuff available. Well, that's right. You could actually create a Dropbox on your desktop and share that with an assistant and have them sort it out, which is another fantastic system. And a one more system tip here is get a whiteboard. If you don't have a whiteboard, go analog. It is just amazing to get to get those colored textures and to use your hands and, and go visual on a bigger scale. You can just write stuff down there. My whiteboard 
gets absolutely thrashed. I mean, I can create things in a day using a whiteboard that would blow your mind. And it's as simple as mapping out a sequence, something that, that you're doing repeatedly manually and you decide, you know what, I don't want to do this manually. So Ezra mentioned Silver Circle before. I occasionally open that up about once every three months and I decided that it's time to have a proper onboarding process, which means that when someone joins, they should have a quick tutorial video explaining what each section is and there's about seven sections and I wanted to simplify. So I first concertinaed the membership down into the minimum possible sections. Then I mapped out on my whiteboard each section and the key points that someone needs to know for that section. And this we're talking about like a 30-second to one minute video here and then I just put those little bullet points and then I go along I pull out my camera my lights my microphone and in just a few hours I was able to record a custom video for each section and then edit it and then load them up to the membership and then rub the whiteboard clean again and by putting it up on the board I was able to just see it all in a big picture it's from start to finish walk through through the eyes of a customer and see what they would see and then I, once I was happy with that, I created it, uploaded it, wiped that whiteboard and it was clear and out of my mind. And now I've leveraged and systemized something that would have had to happen manually. I would have had to explain to someone, give them the virtual tour over the telephone one-on-one or answer questions about what this section is when they ask, what's this section for? Now it's automated and systemized and using the analog tool of a whiteboard and the digital tool of a video camera, I could automate it. And you know, that video tip, that's something that we do on every one of our properties. Anyone who has a website should do this. If you have questions that your customer service gets very often that you kind of get, it's really, really nice to shoot a video answering those questions and put them on your FAQ page. When someone emails in, this is a brilliant tip, when someone emails you asking a question, if you've got the video response to it and you send them that thing and say, hey, I shot a video that answers this question, now you're connecting with that customer. They feel really happy. They feel like you've taken the time to really explain their, you know, the answer to their problem. It's just a, you know, doing videos to answer, answer frequently asked questions is a really good tip and it will boost your conversion rate on your site. And if you happen to have a video on YouTube, you can even send them to the timeline of that YouTube video where that specific question is addressed. And that's what our team do. They look for the timeline and they copy the link at that time and you send the exact video at the exact time and say, here's the answer to that question. So you can systemize your customer service. And if you want to see exactly how that's done, if, you, if anyone has a question on that, it's pretty simple. If you guys put it in the comment for this episode, I'll go in there and, and throw a little link in that, that shows a tutorial on that. Beautiful. All right, what do we got now? We've got news and updates. And I think that uh, you should read this news and update because it's weird for me to be like, I'm so cool. <laughs> well, Ezra is going to grace the February cover of the Internet Marketing Magazine, which is uh, internetmarketingmag.net which works on your iPad. And I've got to say, there's some pretty rich talent appeared on that particular magazine. Yeah, I heard there was a really good-looking Australian guy who needs a haircut who was on that a couple months ago. <laughs> there may have been. It's an unconfirmed rumor. You might have to check it out yourself. <laughs> so uh, in other news, at, at time of recording, I've just opened the doors to Silver Circle which is uh, my mastermind. It's, it's where Ezra and I hang out each week and a few other motivated business owners. There are some qualifying criteria. But if you want to see the videos that I was talking about, then hop over to silvercircle.com. And if it says Silver Circle is open, 
then it'll have a link to the video. If it says Silver Circle is closed, then be sure to join the waiting list for the next time that opens. If you think you'd like to have me working on your business with you each week. Which I just have to attest to is a really good idea. Um, <laughs> so It's really good, man. You're fantastic. I love it. So, hey, thank you so much. If you guys have comments, we would love to hear them. Paste comments in iTunes. And here are some of the last week's comments from Facebook. John Miles said, Top notch, James. This new podcast is great for people who appreciate enlightened conversation and insights into how to be a better human being. Thanks, John. We really appreciate that. Um, Adam Jacobs said, Just finished it. Bloody fantastic, insightful, and informative. Cheers. Thank you so much, Adam. We appreciate you uh, taking the time to listen to our podcast. And we got off actually our first five star rating on iTunes from Terry Lynn of Build My Online Store, which we're really excited about because he's. Uh, He's got his own podcast, and we appreciate you taking the time to listen in, Terry. Yeah, thank you, Terry. And also a big shout-out to Val, my mother-in-law, apparently listens to Think, Act, Get. And uh, she told my wife that she really enjoys it. So there you go. You never know who's listening. And uh, hopefully we can adjust this show according to what you want. Our listener, you're the most valuable person in this equation. Ezra and I actually love recording this stuff, so we're going to continue to do it. We've certainly been encouraged by the feedback, but the show is more or less designed to deliver the message about the thoughts and behaviors and results. So if you can help us, steer us as to what you'd like to hear from us, we'd be happy to get on board that. So leave your comments, participate, and be sure to subscribe at thinkactget.com. All right, what are we up for now? Now we're at the think about it portion of the show, which is where we give quotes to think about. And the first one is, if you want to get something done, give it to a busy person. And that's a quote by unknown or anonymous. And you know, I think it's really true. People who are busy are people who are getting things done. They've got stuff going. They're, you know, they're making things happen. If one of my team members is, is, is cranking away and getting a bunch of stuff done, I'm going to give them a few more tasks because I know that they're working right through it. So I think it's good. And I think that that goes uh, for yourself too. If you'd like to be, if you'd like to get more done, be, be more, I mean, it's kind of weird to say be more busy, but not having more than six projects or cycles is a really, really good idea because you'll get overwhelmed, like James said, and that's that's what the concept of this show today. But you want to have more than one, you know, you definitely want to be into more than one thing. You want to diversify just a little bit. So um, I'd suggest having two things going at once. Nice. And, you know, if you just, if you have minimum things, you can get through them faster. So you can increase your cycle time. And that's where you, you can learn about this sort of stuff from the book called The Lean Startup by Eric Reese. And he talks about small batch sizes and fast cycle times and minimum viable products. And we apply all of these things in our own team. Very fast turnaround times will increase your capacity. So I'm going to throw out a quote called um, Put Yourself in Your Customer's Place by Orison Sweat Marden. And this is what we are talking about before where you can transport yourself, move into the customer's mind and think about things from their point of view and see if you can make it easier for them. See if you can look at your business or your process through the eyes of a customer and see what things are overwhelming them or frustrating them about dealing with you. Can they contact you easily? Is it obvious what the next step is? And once you play that charade and then step back into yourself, you should be able to make adjustments to improve the usability for the people that you're dealing with. And 
certainly uh, if you are really, really productive or good at things, then help your own team members who are helping you in your business be in your place. Help them see the way you see things about clarity and simplification and share that idea that less is more and watch your productivity soar. Absolutely. And I think that goes for putting yourself in the place of anyone who you're having a dealing with and seeing, seeing the project or seeing the cycle through their eyes will give you a good idea of how you can help them, how you can support them in helping you as best they possibly can. Love it. You know what time it is, Ezra? I think it might be time for the tag tips, which are the think, act, get three tips at the end of each episode. The first one is mindset and strategy. And we'd like to have you say no more often. This is kind of what we've been talking about is don't take on new projects until the ones that you have are finished. The new shiny syndrome is kind of the death of many entrepreneurs. So see your projects through until you can hire a team to take them over or see the cycles that you have through until you've got someone to do them. If you have something that's failing, if you've got a project that's failing, if you've got something that's just not going well, get out quick. You know, Be willing to cut your losses and move on. I've made this mistake in the past of getting emotionally attached to projects and not wanting to let go because I'd put so much into them. And and I think, you know, there's a good quote out there that says if you're not failing 90% of the time, then you're not, you know, you're not trying hard enough. I don't know if, it, if it's 90%. You probably don't want to fail 90% of the time. But if you're not having failures, if you're not, you know, that means that you're not trying en- enough things because you will have things that don't work out and it's okay to let go and move on. <laughs> God, I've got to challenge that point because I, I mean, that whole failure thing, if you are failing 90% of the time, then you're probably a, an absolute muppet and you're a very slow learner. Like I like to learn from other people's mistakes and I'd really like to reduce my failure by working on projects that I know I've got a good chance of winning. I, I like to take the gun to the knife fight. And there's a whole article about this from Jason Fried from 37 Signals about this whole myth that you need to be failing all the time. And it's a, it's a great topic. Maybe we can cover it one day. But I absolutely agree with you about saying no more often. No. Whenever you say no to something and think about that rosebush analogy, when you cut off those buds and the, the, the sticks, then you give more power to the yes. It's a simple equation. That, that way, if you just say yes to a few things, it will get all of your attention and focus and you will absolutely crush it. So what I want to talk about is what to do when you feel overwhelmed. It's time to take a deep breath and to just focus on the task at hand. Just accept that there are limitations to your capacity, that no amount of extra training or whatever is going to help you with. At a certain point, you fill up, you reach the limit. Now, your limit might be substantially better than someone else's, but there's still a limit. So fall back to checklists and routines and systems and use the if not now, then when rule. Some things never should be done. They, they may be put into a review later pile and then never, ever get addressed. And if you want evidence of that, go out and have a look in your shed or your garage. Go and have a look in your wardrobe and I bet you will find an abandoned piece of clothing or an old book or ornament or item or CD or something that you will never, ever use for the rest of your life. So if you need help with this, Put things in a little quarantine zone. Mark out a section of your garage with some masking tape or whatever and put the boxes of things that you suspect you'll never need again there. And if you haven't touched it for a year, then take it to the rubbish dump or sell it or give it away. That's the quarantine zone. 
So this will help you. So some things should never be done and other things should be just done right now on the spot, but you're just being a lazy sod. So roll up the sleeves and just do it and then it'll disappear. Once the job's completed, it disappears forever. It's gone. Once you've taken care of business, it's finished. So face that reality. Some things you're just going to have to be more aggressive with. Other things you should eliminate altogether. And my top tip there is, Get yourself a whiteboard. It's the absolute savior. Put it on the whiteboard, take it out of your brain, come back to it later. When the whiteboard's full, take a picture of it with your camera, load it up to Dropbox and rub the whiteboard down. You can go and review your Dropbox whiteboard gallery anytime you like. And if you never get to it, it wasn't that important anyway. I love it. And I do want to acknowledge that, yes, if you're failing nine out of 10 times, there's something wrong. <laughs> <So> <laughs> you're right about that. You know, I don't, I, I, that, that probably didn't come off correctly. I don't think you should be, I know. you know. I, I'm just being contrarian. And that's, that's probably my role in this show. Yeah, is to, oh, I think, I is think. Is to say no to being a breatharian. And, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, no. Okay, here we go. This is our last tip of the day. It's another mindset one. And it's the fact that sharing creates abundance. Now that's kind of a, a, a sort of a, a woo-woo and out there topic, but it's so true. If you're willing to share what you're up to, take James. James is a great example of this. He shares everything that he's doing with me, with his mastermind members, with his list, and that creates a bunch of people who then do really well with that information, who then talk him up when they're on stage at conferences or, or tell their friends about him. Like it just creates this abundance because he's he's putting that out into the world. You know, what you put out is what you get back. So if you're feeling scarce what you should do is not not clam up and and tighten down it's actually give and open up you know there's a story of um of Roger Bryan this is a buddy of mine who's putting on i think he's doing 20, uh, maybe it's 15, 15 live events in 15 different cities over the next two months. And I just created this process for how to put on a live event and fill the room and this whole system for it. And it worked really, really well. So I sat him down and I said, Hey man, this is what you should be doing. You should do ABC, set up your Facebook ads this way, set up your landing page this way, have this video. You know, I gave him my whole system. And then he said, Hey, well, how would you like for me to pay you to put this system into effect for me? And I said, great, I'll hire a team to get it done. So by sharing that thing, I got myself a really nice gig, you know, a pretty big job, uh, which I'm quite happy about. And that's been my experience in life is that the more that I give, the more that I share, the more, and it's not, I'm not giving to get, I'm getting mine in the act of giving, but then it just comes back. It's kind of that, that, you know, principle of the universe thing. So share more and that will create more abundance in your life. Tell people what you're up to. Now, key here is people who are interested in what you're up to. Don't just go blathering on and parading around to anyone in the world, but they have to be actually interested in what you're talking about. But if you do find someone who's interested in what you're up to, then, then, then be, feel, feel good about sharing it with them because it will bring them up and that will bring you up. And when you do share things, people build this trust and belief in you. I, I have a Roger Bryan story too. When I went to Washington last year, he took us out to a really nice restaurant and he knew the owner and he, he had a fantastic menu and drink service, bottle service, I think you call it there. I don't know if we have that here. <laughs> it's hard to get good service here. But... I now trust that if I were to ask Roger for a nice meal recommendation, knowing what he's already recommended, I know that he'd be really sincerely caring about his recommendation. So he'd be a good recommender. Roger the recommender. That's his super recommender. That's his superhero name, dude. 
<laughs> well, I think that's about it for this episode. What do you think? Yeah, I think we've covered it. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Our goal really and girls. is... And girls. And uh, girls. Yes, totally. I, you know, chauvinist. Um, <laughs> we really appreciate it. You know, I say guys in the universal sense. I know. I know. It's just I'm picking up on episode uh, number three. I'm yeah. just winding you up a bit. Yeah, you're getting me good. Um, so thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. And and you know, if you've got questions, if you've got comments, if you've got feedback, we'd love to hear from you because our goal really is to have this be the most uh, profitable in the, in the sense that everyone really enjoys the show and gets as much as they possibly can out of the show. And that means you who are listening to it. Thank you, Ezra. Thank you, listener. We'll be back for more later. This has been another episode of Think, Act, Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free. It's free.